I, I should tell you every week because uh, as I've been preparing for this message, uh, I've read in several different uh, locations of this thought, the more you think about something, the more likely you will be prepared when that something comes. So you guys know the five things that I've uh, made a commitment to tell you on a, a regular basis. Maybe six things. First of all, I love you, and uh, I appreciate you so much. But the others are this. Uh, and You know, we need to be ready because one of two things are, could quickly happen. The Lord could come, and we could die. Uh, I mean, uh, either one of those could, things could happen. So the more you think about those two things, the more likely you are to be what? Ready. Okay. So death, burial, cremation, whichever. Uh, today we're looking at it. Uh, you know, you, you, you could, we could. People have ended up in mass graves. Y'all know what mass graves are? Where hundreds are, are put in a, a grave and covered up. Now get this picture, okay? Okay, we're going to be buried or cremated. Or, or look, I tell them all the time, if, if, I'm, if I'm hiking to the Palisade Meadows in Colorado or to Tall Peak Tower, don't worry about bringing my body down. Just, just pile rocks upon me so the animals won't bother and leave me there. Okay, I'm, I mean, it's just a body. It's just that shell that I had for a while, okay? But, but anyway, so now think about today's message. One in the field left, one taken. One at the mill grinding, one left, one taken. Well, just think about those mass graves. Are you with me? Where all the, the bones and ashes are mingled together, some lost, and some saved, but when that day comes, those bodies will be miraculously separated and returned to Christ. Now I know that's that's a little bit gross, but this is a this is a a sudden separation. And listen, there won't be one ash left that should have been reunited with you that's not found. Are you with me? Okay, so death, burial, resurrection from the dead. Everybody's going to be resurrected from the dead, receive a physical body, stand before God at judgment, and we're going to hear, well done, or depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, we're, we're going to spend eternity somewhere. I love you enough to tell you about that. So, I think, I think to be ready, we need to think about those things. We need to think about those things often. So, I entitled this a sudden and awful separation. Now, it will be a sudden separation for sure. It will be a sudden event. And, and for those that think they're united in their walk, but one's not saved and one is, it'll be an awful separation. But it's going to happen. It will happen that way. So, the return of Christ, this is the fifth message the sudden and awful separation. Matthew 20, 40 and 41. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Could be two brothers. It could be a father and a son. It could be two people that just work, happen to work in the same field. 
Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one left. Could be sister-in-laws. Could be sisters. Could be a mother or daughter. One will be taken, one left. Now, that doesn't mean that if there's two there that they both won't be taken or they won't be left. Are you with me? It, it's, not a, it's not he's going to get half and leave the other. It's, it, but you, you see what I'm saying? The, the picture is uh, it could be two close relationships, and one could be taken and one to be left. Now, I'm also I'm, I'm reading lots of different spots and Man, I'm reading some, some good stuff. But, but listen, if, if, you're, if you're left here now and you're striving towards a, a life of, of godliness and holiness, you're, you're probably ready. Because living towards a life of godliness and holiness is not something a lost person naturally does. But that should exemplify us if we're followers of Christ. We're to live righteous lives... Now listen to this, motivated by our continual expectation of his imminent and sudden return. I'm telling you, death catches lots by surprise. And his return is going to catch even more by surprise. We looked at Jesus coming with power and glory. We looked at what we should be doing, waiting, looking, anticipating, expecting his sudden return. You remember we, we used those words, be ready. All the things the disciples had inquired about in this chapter. And remember the curiosity that led to verse 3. And he sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They asked a question that was interesting to them. They had some questions. So what should be the sign of the destruction of Jerusalem, of his coming, and of the end of the world? But we see today, twice, in two verses, the same statement. One will be taken, and one will be left. One will be taken, one will be left. Tomorrow at Tyson, today in churches, the godly and the ungodly, the lost and the saved, the converted, the unconverted. J.C. Ryle says they're mingled together. They're mingled together. Some saved, some lost. And we'll look at some scriptures uh, before in Matthew that talks about those that are mingled together. That's the way it is. That's the way it is even in the visible church. So that's what we're looking at. The children of the world, your children of the world are children of the kingdom of God. No neutral ground here, one or the other. The children of the world and the children of God at school mingle together next, next, next Monday when they go to school. Mingle together. But listen, listen carefully. It will not always be that way. There will be a time of separation there will be a time of final separation where one group is in hell, one group forever in heaven. At the last trumpet, suddenly, like a lightning flash, like the bat of an eye, they will be separated. 
Forever separated. Did you hear me? Forever separated. A lost child from a saved grandmother or saved mother, separated forever. Co-worker from co-worker. Husband from wife. Child from parent. Preachers from sitters. No time for repentance. No time to change the mind. Everyone will be taken as they are, justified or condemned, ready or not. You know, you ever play that little game? Red Rover, Red Rover. Didn't it say ready or not? Yeah, so for some of y'all, that's another world. And it is another world. But uh, we, we did say that. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, do not, be see, do, do not be deceived. You've got all these scriptures. I'm going to do a better job of having the scriptures right in front of you. I want you to see what the scripture says. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption and the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Keep looking for Jesus. Keep living for the Lord. Be ready. Believers taken to glory and an eternal heaven. Unbelievers left behind to shame and everlasting torment. So can anybody, nobody can, I'll just say it, nobody can, can even have any appreciation at all of the glory for those taken. I mean, in a moment's time, all of the bad that's happened in our life will be gone. Glory. But you know, sadly to say, there's, there's a flip side of this. Would anybody want to describe the horror of those left behind? In that moment, when it finally registers what's happened, horror, because what they have rejected all along, suddenly they know to be the truth. Look at you young people. Today's the day of salvation. Today's, to, today's the day to give your life to the Lord. Today. Not next week. Not next month. Not when you get a little older. Today is the day to give your life to the Lord. So, we've been looking at five things that we need to think upon. And so I'm just adding, asking you guys, do we need to add to these? You remember in verse 4 he said, Do not be led astray. Wow, I heard this week, have you heard the word deconstruction? These young people that's grown up in the church, there's a method, there's a process of deconstructing what they've taught, been taught. Uh, you don't want to go there. Do not be led astray. Christ is the way. 
He is the truth. He is the life. Do not be led astray. Verse 6, don't be alarmed. I told you it was going to get bad. Endure to the end. Those who endure to the end will be saved. Be ready. Seek holiness and godliness. That's the life to live. Holiness and godliness. Looking for His sudden, imminent, and bodily return. So let's look at these two verses just a little closer. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. This is what the day of the Lord's coming will look like. It will look like this. There will be separation as the sheep from the goats. And we'll look at that in the next chapter even more closely. The saved from the reprobates. That's the kind of division that it will be. Now, I've had to think about this one, but, but, I, but I, I've come to embrace this. There is presently a day of separation. Today, there are those who are born again. There are those who are saved. They have, listen carefully, they have been supernaturally separated from the lost, from the world, taken from the kingdom of the devil, supernaturally placed into God's kingdom. That's a present day. It's already happened. And I'm going to read it to you. We talk about it often. I want you to listen carefully. John 5, 24 through 26. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Have you been made spiritually alive, born again? If, if, if that's the case, you have been separated from those that are still in the world, still following the prince of this world. A present separation. Now listen to this. For the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. As it is when the gospel is preached, the gospel divides. Family from family, husband from wife, father from daughter, those kind of things. It's a dividing deal. When one's saved and one is not. Some are saved and some are left to perish. Listen, some of the same age, place, and employment. One saved, one lost. I think about, uh, there were four of us, kind of buddies in school. I've told you all before. Uh, I, I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the tallest. Uh, probably out of those four, I, I have probably had the less IQ. <clears throat> uh, one of them committed suicide. Uh, one of them turned away from the Lord at an early age, and, and Ricky and I are going on with the Lord. Uh, so out of the four, don't have much hope for two. I've got hope for the other two. Okay? There's a separation. There's a separation today. Same age, same place, same employment, same family. That's one, another thing we're looking at today. 
Just because you have a close relationship to someone that is a godly person is probably headed to hell doesn't mean you're going to piggyback on with them. Are you with me? You're not going to grab a hold of their coat strings and follow them. You've got to be separated from the world, taken into the kingdom of God. One called, one passed by, and left to pass without Christ. There are people that will leave this world without Christ. Look at Luke 12, 49 through 51. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would it that it were already kindled? I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do not think that I've come to give peace on earth. No, I tell you, but rather division. Listen, it's one thing to be of this world. It's another thing to be of God's kingdom. That separates people. John 6, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. John 6, 65, And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. Now listen closely. I'm letting Pablo catch up. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Listen, if God has revealed his plan of salvation to you, if he's revealed to you your sinfulness, your need for a Savior, and has revealed Christ Jesus to you as that Savior, you are, you are blessed. He has opened your eyes. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to be by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Listen, this is this the way that the free grace of God works. We don't understand it. Why Ricky and I and not Brad and Jimmy... Do we understand that? We don't. We don't understand why he opened Lydia's eyes, opened her heart. We don't understand those things. But we do know this. It's by the grace of God. Now, how do I know that? Well, look at Romans 3, 10 through 12. This is how it was. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. This is so condemning. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. So why me? And why Ricky? And not Brad and Jimmy? By the grace of God. John 14, 22, Judas, not as carrot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Have you not ever asked yourself the question, why did you open my eyes? Why did you open my heart and not the rest of the world? Well, let me remind you who the creator is. 
And if he created it, he owns it. Amen? And he can do with it what he sees fit to do. It's for the grace of God. Have you never marveled why you got saved? Pretty humbling considering we were just as dead spiritually. Y'all with me? Just as weak. Just as ungodly. Just as much a sinner. Oh, and it gets worse. And just as big of enemy of God as the next person. We were all that way at one time. So how was it when Jerusalem was destroyed that many Christians were saved? Do you know it's a miracle that any of those people at the destruction of Jerusalem were saved? How'd that happen? It's the same way, exactly the same way. So listen to this. It was the special care of God Almighty that they didn't all get wiped out. If two were at work, by divine grace, the Christian was sheltered. While the others were left to the sword. Two were grinding at the wheel, one belonging to Christ. Both women, poor women, lowly servants. The Christian was taken to safety and the other was abandoned. How does it happen? Zephaniah 2.3 Seek the Lord. Oh, what, what wonderful, wonderful news to all of us. Listen, if you're here this morning, don't want to get ahead of myself, but by the grace of God, you are here. You are being drawn. You are being humbled. You are being wooed to Christ. Did you hear me? You are. And here's what you can do. While it's happening, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek the Lord. Young people, seek the Lord. Young people, rouse yourself up from, from the video games and rouse yourself up from the phone and rouse yourself up from TikTok and all the rest of the social media. Raise yourself up and seek the Lord. Zephaniah 2.3, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. Who do, his, who do his just commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Matthew Henry says, distinguishing preservations in times of general destruction are nothing less than special tokens of God's favor and ought so to be acknowledged. Just think about great catastrophes that happened throughout the world. And just a little handful of people saved. Hey, and I know. Uh, matter of fact, we sing a song. I'm sure the man felt, why was I saved? And my family all taken. We're not the creator, are we? We're not the all-loving, all-knowing, all-good God, righteous, holy, just. We're not that God, so we don't know. If we're saved and thousands are left to themselves, as I could have been, and all of us, raise your hand, all of us, if we're saved and thousands are left to themselves, as we all could have been, all we can say is that it's the Lord's mercy and is a great mercy considering what a wretched, 
depraved man I was. It's amazing is what it is for each one of us. So what can I do? Young people. Oh, I'm talking to you, young people. I'm talking to you that could unexpectedly, like me or any of the rest of us here, leave this world this week. If you're here this morning, you're being drawn by God. It's no accident that you're here. By divine purpose, you're here. You're hearing this message. Just pray. Just pray that what God is obviously doing, He would carry it on until Christ is fully formed in each one of your lives. That He has taken over. He has taken up habitation in you. Galatians 4.19 Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. That's an NL tree translation. That's the way I've got it memorized. But listen, young people, listen, adults. It's all going in the right direction. And Christ wants it to go in that right direction to this point. Christ is fully developed in us. I mean, He is fully in us. We are fully into Him. We're living for Him. That's where we want to get. That's where we want to get people. To Christ. So, number one, there is already a day of separation. Number two, there will be a second separating day at the second coming of Christ. There's going to be a final separation. That's what we're talking about now. Matthew 24, 31. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Did you get that? He will send out the angels. He will gather the elect from the four winds, from all over. Guess how many he'll miss? Not a one. Not a one. Hidden under the rock. Hidden behind the tree. It doesn't matter. John 5, 28 and 29, we read the first part of that, about the separation that's going on now for those that step into the kingdom of God. 5, 28 and 29, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming... When all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. That is a final separation. You see it coming? You believe it's going to come? There will be a separating among the nearest and closest. The chosen taken to glory, the others left to perish. Uh, This one, I've already mentioned it to you. Man, those piled in the same grave and both lying and mingled in dust will be separated from ever. Both will rise. One to everlasting joy, one to everlasting torment. Daniel 12, 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. That's the way it's going to be. Young people, hear me. Oh, young people, I, 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 I wish I could just, we don't have that many here today, but if I could just line them up one right after the other, they would tell you the sooner the better, young people. Monday, Monday week, find you a different crowd to run with at school. Monday week, decide that you're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not all about this life. 
This life is so temporary. Brother Bob's 90, temporary. 15, 16-year-olds, temporary. But there is an eternity coming. Christ will come to those who are not looking for Him to separate them. People of all walks of life, busy at their jobs. Huh? Where were these people? They were in the field and at the mill. Those vessels prepared for glory, He's coming after those. Those vessels left behind to the wrath of God, that's what's going to happen. One taken to meet the Lord by His angels in the air to be forever with Him. That's the group we want to be in. But there is another group. You don't want to be in this group. The other left to the devil and his angels. And hey, there won't be no glorious celebration when the, when, he, when the angels come for the saved. That's going to be a glorious time. But for those left behind, when the devil and his demons are gathering up the ones left behind, that won't be any glorious occasion. So, separation ongoing, separation at the end of time. But I want to look lastly at this. Look at what God does for those that are His, for the saved. Number one, He saves the average man or woman and often the look down upon of the world. Do you hear me? I promise you, if we had the statistics, there would be an overwhelming salvation of the have-nots and an over, overwhelming lostness of the haves. Did you know what I'm talking about? It is normally speaking a curse to have everything. Lazarus and the rich man. That's just the way God planned it. Oh, I love this scripture. Look at it. Listen, my brothers, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he's promised to those who love him? You hear that? The poor of the world, the despised of the world. And aren't we glad? Say amen. Then two men will be in the field. One will be left, one will be taken, and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one left. So, average, the lowest of people he saves. And he will find them in unknown and unlikely places. Where did he find you? But aren't you glad he found you? Aren't you glad he came looking for you? 1 Samuel 10, 22, I love this one. And y'all, you, you uh, we want to be scholars, we'll laugh at this one. So they inquired again of the Lord. You know, he's trying to find uh, a king. And so he comes and says, so they inquired again of the Lord, is there, still a, is there a man still to come? You got any more boys? You got any more kids? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. He wasn't, he wasn't looking to be anointed. He was hiding himself among the baggage in the field at the mill. But the angels gathering them will not miss one. 
Saul couldn't be found because he was hiding in the baggage. The Lord miss him? No, he knew exactly where he was. So it will be at the last day. So he saves the average, the, the less than average, and unknown and unlikely places. And listen, we, they, couldn't get to heaven by themselves. Remember? We weren't looking for the Lord. Remember we were dead? We were ungodly? We were sinners? We were enemies of God? We could go on and on with the description of who we were when he came to get us. You remember Lot and his family? They were, they were immersed in the culture and the society at Sodom. Listen to what happened in Genesis 19, 16. And, and God had already said, get out of here. I'm going to destroy this place. Look what happened, Genesis 19, 16. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. See what he did for Lot? You know, that's another picture of what he does with us. We were taken captive by the world and the devil, and God sent the stronger man, sent Jesus Christ, to bind the devil and to deliver us from the kingdom of the devil and kingdom of this world and put us into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And, and listen, just... Uh, you've, you've surely seen a picture of a mass grave in a war, uh, death, famine. You know, you, you've seen those pictures closely entangled together, laid in the same gra- grave together, at the same place of employment together, in the same bed. Listen... If you're here today, do not be discouraged by your circumstances. Situation that you're in. Do not be discouraged by that. The Lord knows your circumstances, and He knows how to get you out of those circumstances. He surely does. The Lord knows them. He knows the precious, and He knows the vile. He knows... The gold and the fool's gold. He knows the wheat and the chaff. Not one believer will be missed. Listen, you can't be in such circumstances that you will be missed if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what can we learn from this text? Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Taken and left. Hmm. This is kind of interesting. and I thought it was so interesting, I want to share it with you. Taken and left. So, which will be taken and which will be left? Are you with me? Which will be taken and which will be left? Well, in John 14, 3, it says... If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So, you see there, 
the weeds first and bind them into bundles and be burned. So the lost are taken first. Then listen to Matthew 13, 30. Same one. Let both grow together into harvest. The harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. These are the, the ter- parables of the, 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 the wheat and the tares. So one taken to judgment, one left to prosper here. Or does taken mean taken to heaven and left means left here on earth? Well, it's just something. I, I found it interesting. It's something to think about. Those of us, and that's most of us, would believe the matter. We'd believe the latter. Okay? That he's going to take the saved and leave the lost. But the truth of the matter, this particular text doesn't say for sure which way it is. And I've shown you the text that could indicate it could be the other way. But it does seem to fit the second way the rest of the chapter. Now, why do I say that? Where do we always try to go to prove Scripture? Back to Scripture, right? I've got the verse there. Look at Matthew 24, 31. So what's it say here? And he'll send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. So that appears to be the way it's going to be. It's going to come for the saved and leave the lost for whatever duration that that might be. So what should we be doing today? We've looked at four or five things. We should be what? What's those two words? Be ready, okay? Next week we're going to add another when we start talking about when the thief comes. We're going to talk about be ready, and we're going to talk about be watching. So, watching and ready. So, Philippians 2.12, let me encourage you. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Young people, decide whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. And if you're not one, Today, be one tomorrow. Be a follower of Jesus. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Everyone should examine themselves to see whether they are, you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? You, we that see ourselves as Christians, What should be the evidence of that? When we begin to look at ourselves, who should we find living in us? Christ Jesus. If Christ Jesus lives in us, that's God come in the flesh. And by His Holy Spirit, He lives in us. It should lead to a changed life. And we should find that in our lives that Christ brings about a changed life. So what can we kind of glean from today's message? Well, listen carefully. Number one, this teaching today about one taken and one left destroys the belief in universalism. There, there are many that believe that God in the end will take all to heaven. That is absolute contrary to this text. Absolute contrary. 
Number two, the idea that at the end it's the same. At the very end, everyone will be saved. Well, I want you to look at the next two verses. These are in chapters 24 and chapters 25. There, there is, and you know, it's something that all of us might like to believe or might hope for, but it's absolutely not the case. The idea that God would never send anyone to hell is blown to pieces in both chapters 24 and 25. Listen to what it says. And he will cut him in pieces, talking about this servant, and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. These are the words of Jesus. Look at 2530. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. These are the words of Jesus Christ. When Jesus says one will be taken and another left, he's saying clearly that not all will be saved. So, this morning, be sure he is your God. Are you with me? And be sure you are his people. And James my fellow preacher in Christ would say there needs to be a little evidence that he is yours and you are his. Be sure you are called his people. Seek him with all your heart. Listen to me now, young people, older people. I want to use these words. Seek him. Beg. Plead with him. To save you. Do you hear me? It's, it's of eternal importance for the well-being of your soul. John Bunyan, listen, a brilliant guy. I can't even fathom all of his allegories and the things that he comes up with. A brilliant guy. But the, the history reports that for 18 months he did business with the Lord while in prison for religious persecution, really, he did business with the Lord trying to figure out whether he's saved or not. It's, it's, it's that important. Eighteen months of dealing with the Lord compared to an eternity in heaven or hell, no comparison. Beg, plead. I've got the scripture. Fold it up. Stick in your Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. And by the way, that day is here. He has ushered in this day that we're talking about. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. 
Verse 33, for this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So, how many rules did we have in the garden? How many? How'd that work out? How many, how many rules did we get down at Mount Sinai? How'd those work out? So we are not rule keepers. We're rule breakers. We have sinned against God. We need a sacrifice. Christ is that sacrifice. But praise God. He didn't leave us to rule keeping. He did something different. Listen to what he says. Oh, claim this right here. Verse 33 of chapter 31 of Jeremiah. You're looking right at it. He says, for this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. This is the way I've got it in my South Arkansas English. I will put my law in their mind. Then he goes on to say, I will write it on their hearts. So beg him, God, put your law in my mind. Write it on my heart. You with me? I can't believe we can't pray scripture back to him and him not believe, he not answer it. All right, now listen to this. I will put my law in them. I'll write it on their mind. I'll put it in their hearts. Now listen to this. I will be their God, and they shall be my people, young people. Just take that scripture and pray it back to God. I want you to be my God, and I want to be known as your people. Do it today, not tomorrow. But if you do it today, let me tell you, Tomorrow, your life is going to be radically changed. Let me tell you why. Young people are kind of like men. Men, to whatever age, until they get saved, it's all about themselves. Young people, till you get saved, it's all about you. I had a, have a daughter that's 48 now. One time she told me, at that time in my life, if it wasn't involved the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I wasn't interested in it. That's the way lost people are. It's all about me. Listen to me. Say, lost men, lost adults, tomorrow it won't all be about you if God's done the work in your life. It will all be about His kingdom and His people. Adults, young people, that's the change He brings about. Be sure you're saved. Just remember that the closeness of relationships could be severed. Two women grinding, one taken, one left. Two men in the field, one taken, one left. Repent. Believe the gospel and be ready. May God bless the preaching of His Word. Tom will come and wrap us up and then Pablo will come.